money is the outer expression of everything that's going on within. And it really blocks, you know, entrepreneurs with sales fears and imposter syndrome and just all these things that keep entrepreneurs really stuck from breaking through to the next level in their business. Welcome to the Prosperity Perspective by DML, a conversation about how successful business owners invest their hard-earned money to preserve their wealth and what they might have done differently in hindsight. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Today, we are joined by Dr. Amanda to share a little bit uh, about her perspective and her insights and everything she's done with NFA money. So uh, excited for her to share. Amanda, without any further ado, you mind introducing yourself to the audience? Yeah. Hey, Liam. Thanks for having me on. I am Dr. Amanda. I'm known as the money healer because I love to help people heal their relationship to money. I've seen so many entrepreneurs get stuck in very specific unconscious beliefs about money that keep them in this kind of sabotage state where they'll, you know, have some big breakthroughs and then reach their money set point and sabotage. And I just kept seeing such similar patterns for entrepreneurs. And for me, I had a lot of money blocks when I started. And so creating this company where I get to help people break through those money blocks is what I do in NFA, no fucking around money. How did you get involved in money and decide that, you know, helping people with money was, you know, the direction for you to go? Yeah. So, you know, I think every entrepreneurial journey is a hero's journey or a heroine's journey. And for me, it was definitely that way. I had like massive downfall. So really started for me one night when I was on the floor crying, I had left my 15 year marriage, having an affair and my next relationship wasn't working. So he was moving out of this house that we had together. And so I'm staring out at this empty basement and I had spent the day on Craigslist looking for places to live for me and my three kids. And I couldn't afford anything. And, you know, I was really facing that moment of like, oh my God, am I going to be homeless? Am I going to have to live in like a studio apartment with all these other college kids who were 15 years younger than me? And I was scared and I felt really alone. And I had this moment where I just sat up and I thought, no one's coming to save me. And what's the common factor here? It's me. (laughs) You know, I was like scanning my life and scanning my relationships and going, huh, I'm the common denominator. And so I really decided in that moment, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to change who I am so I can have healthier relationships and make more money. I'd been seeing this free counselor and she had you know, talked me into going on food stamps and I had a lot of shame around it. And so I was just really at the bottom point. And because I was really busy already, I decided I'm going to just start listening to podcasts. And I, you know, I looked for relationship podcasts. And so it started with this relationship transformation. And I just listened to them on double speed, like, you know, taking my kids to school, washing the dishes, walking between my classes, going to teach a class. I would be like listening to podcasts on double speed and just digesting and digesting and saturating my brain with all of this amazing information that I had never heard anywhere else. And I, you know, I had this awareness that most of the podcasts were done by coach type people. And I thought, huh, maybe I want to be a coach. (laughs) And, you know, the way that this, I think the universe works in really, you know, it's really quantum physics ways, but it felt very magical. It was like, at the same time, we had a whole bunch of professors leaving our department 
because we had this national news kind of like scandal fallout professors leaving super stressed. And I just was like, I don't want to be a professor anymore, which is what I was on track for earning my PhD. And so I decided I'm going to finish my program because I loved the research that I was doing. And once I get my PhD, I'm going to take the leap into entrepreneurship. And in that first year I went six figures. So that was, you know, that's the long Long and short story of it. <laughs> what was the subject matter of what you were, you know, looking to go professor and uh, your research? Yeah, so I was my PhDs in sociology, and I have a graduate certificate in women and gender studies. So a ton of research on uh, masculinity, gender, crime. I ended up doing life history interviews with incarcerated men. So I'd spend like four hours on average with these men talking about their life histories, where they had spent eighteen years on average in prison and were gang involved, and you know, just looking at their stories of trauma and transformation, and and flipping the script and seeing men as victims instead of as these like super predators that we often make them out to be. And so it was really powerful to tie that into coaching where, you know, these guys had some of the like movie, like horrible, violent histories, things that had been, had been done to them and then things that they had done. And I just watched their transformation and it was all really powerfully mindset work for them to come out of that and start to change their lives had a lot to do with them seeing themselves in a new way. And so it was, it was amazing to be able to map that onto coaching, you know, with a different population of people and see how powerful mindset is. As you went into coaching, did you always know it was going to be around this money theme or did that slowly evolve over time? It was definitely an evolution. So I really, I started with relationship stuff and I thought I was going to be a relationship coach. And in that, you know, on that journey, I ran into a guy who was following um, one of my main mentors now who does values work. And I realized that I didn't have wealth building on my value system, you know? So I was in this workshop crying and like feeling really less than everyone around me because everyone else had paid like $5,500 to get into this program, which for me at the time was like, um, you know, more than a quarter of my annual annual income. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I felt like I had to do work study to be here. And I, you know, there's just so much better than me. And the coach came over and he was talking to me and he's like, well, where's wealth building on your values? I'm like, what do you mean? You know, you can just put wealth building on your values and your life will change. <laughs> and so I started to learn that process and, you know, I started to implement certain wealth building strategies. And as I was going out in the world to do some relationship coaching, all of the networking events that I would go to, of course, it's entrepreneurs who are there. And so I started working with entrepreneurs and I, I would have everyone do a money story because that's something I was working on at the time. And I saw how much that was related to their relationship with themselves and relationships in general, and then the relationship with their business. And so it just evolved into helping people have really powerful breakthroughs with their money story and their relationship to money. And that translated so well into working with entrepreneurs. So it shifted from, you know, relationship to entrepreneurs to a focus on money because money is the outer expression of everything that's going on within. And it really blocks, you know, entrepreneurs with sales fears and imposter syndrome and just all these things that keep entrepreneurs really stuck from breaking through to the next level in their business. So at this time, if I'm following correctly, we are making about 20 grand a year. We've got three kids and we're going into entre entrepreneurship full bore. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And first year you do six figures, right? So, uh, you know, a five X of salary as you have the cash flow coming in, right? What was your mindset of, of where you put it? 
I was very much focused on wealth building. So I would reinvest either reinvest it into my business or savings or investments. You know, I was very minimalist. I, you know, I didn't have a fancy car or anything of the sort. And I really kept my expenses low and bootstrapped a lot of my business building. And so it was like, I'm going to save every money, every penny I can put it into my business to keep growing it. And then I, you know, I created a, what I call a money magnet account. So I had three months of living money saved up. And then I, kept adding money to my investments and up-leveled it every quarter. And so I just kept accelerating my wealth and having, you know, the the way that that works is that when you're not in this freak out mode, when you're building a business, you can attract more money your way more easily. And so I started to learn all those dynamics and implement them. So let's talk a little bit about where you were and kind of where you started, right? And then we'd love for you to share kind of your three steps and uh, kind of how you approach things today, right? I'm curious, kind of, where you started, you were obviously putting it in different buckets and you've probably refined that, I would imagine, over time, but kind of curious for what that journey looked like for you. Yeah, you know, I would say, I don't know that I actually have refined it that much over time because it works really well. So, you know, of course, I've invested in different things, but I've, I, and I allocate the money that I reinvest into my business a little bit differently, but the system is all the same and my steps are all the same because it's, it works, you know, with myself and with all the people I've worked with, these systems work. I love to create systems and strategies that are timeless because they're based on universal principles and, you know, values systems and zone of genius work. And so it's, you know, for me, it's a lot about up-leveling what I know about human behavior and magnetism and, you know, quantum physics-based stuff like law of attraction and universal principles and things like that, you implement those and the, you know, the, you become a money magnet. And I know it sounds woo-woo sometimes, and it's very scientific based. <laughs> Gotta love the woo-woo, right? Yeah. Um, so if, if someone is coming to you and saying like, Hey, where, where do I start? What, what are some of those key principles in terms of, you know, what did you determine how much went back into the business and what was the structure for figuring out, you know, what would be useful or efficient in that, right. Versus it sounds like you've rainy day fund and then you have investments, right. And did investments go into stocks? Did they go into other things? What made sense for you? Yeah. You know, I was very strategic about learning from masters that were doing it, been there, done that type of people. So I just started learning everything I can. So I'd say for someone who's starting out, you know, you, of course you want to be reinvesting into your business because that's going to end up being an incredible asset. You know, there's different ways to make money. One of them is to work really hard for your money. Another way is to have your money make money for you. The more money that you can have your business accumulate over time, the more opportunities you have to invest and then create different passive streams of income. And so I always took that perspective of as I scaled my business, okay, I invest more and more and more and more. And I allocate a certain amount to my business and a a certain amount to investments. And, you know, that question, like what to invest in, I think that's going to be very unique to dependent on the person, like how old are you? Um, how many people do they have in your family? What's your risk level? You know, that's going to be t- depend on your age, you know? And so there's certain things like that. I think the, the number one thing that most people 
struggle with and make the mistake on is that they don't start the habit of saving and investing. And because they think, oh, I've got to pay all this stuff off before I start investing. And so I took an opposite approach where I was like, okay, I'm going to continuously be paying off my, you know, quote unquote debts. I don't, I don't like to think of them as debts. I always think of them as investments in myself and people loaned me money investing in me, that kind of thing. Cause it's like a mindset thing. You know, I think people get freaked out by debt. And so, you know, paying those off strategically while also building up those accounts, because when you're building a business, if you have no cushion, you're going to go into a fight, flight, freeze mode because survival is one of the greatest threats that there can be. And so if you don't have any money saved up in your business, you're going to, you know, when... When, when you get into that moment of like, oh my God, I don't know where the next dollar is coming from. You're going to freak out. And then what happens is you send out a very repellent money energy. It's like, you know, if you think of it in the dating world, it's like you're chasing someone desperately that you're the last person they want, <laughs> right? Money's the same way. You're just in a relationship with money. So if you're freaked out about money, it's going to be repelling away from you. So you want to create a situation where you feel secure and safe with money. You mentioned the cushion in the business. What would your recommendation be to you know entrepreneurs who might be listening and what that cushion should be and how you calculate it? I would say that it's three to six months of operating costs. You know, I always have three to six months. The most successful businesses have six months to a year of operating costs. And a lot of people will think, well, that's crazy. You could be investing all of that money. But like I'm saying, it it creates an attractor magnet. And then when things like COVID happen or different, you know, situations come up, you're not going to have to go into freak out mode and make decisions that are reactive. As we go back to, you know, you started investing. What was the first investment that you you made once you were pulling in six figures? <laughs> well, I started investing long before six figures. So um, actually, it was amazing. My first stock portfolio was made a 700% return. And I just learned everything I could. And I didn't hire anyone else. I like learned and I listened and I paid attention. And so I started investing. And the first thing I bought actually was match stock. So that went up you know, and I was a sociologist. So I would think about social trends and, you know, apply what I knew there mixed with what other people were saying and what I was reading about. So it was like invested in NVIDIA and, you know, and just some, some stocks that went crazy. So in my first couple of years, I had a 700% return, which was phenomenal. I didn't have a lot of money to invest (laughs) yet. It gave me the seed money and I just kept reinvesting that money. So instead of taking it out and spending it on a car or something fancy and fabulous that a lot of people do, because that's not really a value on building wealth. You don't have a value on building wealth. If you just want to spend all the money you make that really then what you have a value on is an opulent lifestyle. Right. And so for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to build my wealth and I'm going to keep reinvesting. And so I was able to just keep turning that money into more money. You mentioned uh, a couple questions ago about passive income. What's the relationship in your mind, right? Uh, obviously, investing is a big, big bucket, uh, right? You're talking about picking specific stocks, having the appreciation, earning a nice return there versus passive income. What's the relationship there in your mind and how should people think about it uh, when they're approaching investing? You know, for me, I like to think about both passive income in terms of, you know, when you're having your money make money for you and you want to have escalation of risk. Like I have, you know, IUL accounts, like index universal life accounts, like life insurance. And then I have stocks and I have crypto and I have, you know, IPOs and I have different investments and different amounts of money in those investments based on level of risk and, 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 you know, creating diversity passive wise, you know, 
the main goal is to become, to have a lifestyle where passive income is paying for everything so that you can choose exactly what you want to do with your time. So, you know, when I think about investment and I think about my business, my business, I also construct around creating passive streams of income. So I go, and, you know, business is interesting because for me, I don't ever want to have a passive business where I'm not involved in it because I love what I'm doing. So it's not like I'm wanting to build a business that I sell off because I'm building a business I love and I'm in my zone of genius doing the things I enjoy. (laughs) So, you know, when I think of passive income in my business, I'm thinking like, you know, digital courses and books and things like that, that can somewhat passively sell and that you can scale. And so I think about passive income in that way in my business for investments. I think about how do you have investments that create money for you over time? And then, you know, you create an exit strategy where you decide when you want to exit that investment. As we go back to, uh, we'll say food stamps to successful entrepreneur, what was the one thing that was most impactful for you in getting from A to B on that journey? Man, one thing. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a good question because there were so many shifts. I think the thing that was most impactful was realizing that it's possible for anyone to do something like that. You know, when I started on that journey, very quickly, it became my goal to create a six-figure business and then, you know, keep upscaling to there on my way to seven figures. You know, it's like it, it, when I was on food stamps, before I really started learning about coaching and mindset and different things like that, that would have, that was just un, inconceivable to me that you could, you know, start your own business and do what you love and make money doing it, you know? And so I think probably one of the biggest lessons was, oh, it, there are rules to the game of life. And if you know them, it gets a lot easier. <laughs> It doesn't feel like you have to be stuck in survival mode and wishing, hoping, wondering that like there were answers out there, like there actually are answers out there. How much do you think your background in sociology and, uh, you know, human behavior kind of played into, right? Because you talked a lot about your your mindset shift, right? And how you thought about things uh, to kind of get you, you know, through that transition. Yeah, you know, I would say that I really truly believe for everybody that your life is a series of puzzle pieces being put together, getting you where you are. (laughs) And so I look at my whole, all the puzzle pieces coming together. Like I was raised fundamentals Christian and then, you know, going into sociology and became like a pretty hardcore feminist sociologist and then moved into coaching. So, you know, you go from like, uh, you know, a, a certain way of thinking in, in fundamentals Christianity to uh, thinking about like macro oppression and systems in that way in sociology, then they're going to like, oh, you are the creator of your reality and coaching, <laughs> you know, and all of the relationship upheavals I've had along the way. And, all you know, just all the things I've gotten to learn have all played into who I am as a coach now. And so, you know, I'd say sociology, interestingly, it's like the skill set that 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 the, the process of earning your PhD gives you, you know, when you're at like a, a prestigious institution, I mean, I was in grad school for seven years. I taught 2,500 students. I was putting together a lecture every three day, every two days, 
you know, so it's like lecture, 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 and knowing how to piece together information in a way that makes sense to people. And I mean, it taught me how to be good under pressure. (laughs) It taught me how to construct lessons for digital courses. It taught me how to be good at podcast interviews and YouTubing and all the things that I do now. And so I would have never thought that that's where it was going to lead me, but it, it really cultivated this love of teaching. Like, I mean, I loved my students and I just had so much fun teaching, you know, I was winning awards and just, I just enjoyed it so much. And so it gave me that spark of inspiration of going, Oh, I know that I love to, to create new ideas in people's minds. And so I'd say that in that way, that is probably the biggest gift that it gave me. Fascinating from my perspective, right? Because you talk about your journey and what you've accomplished is is amazing and remarkable, right? And uh, I'm sure if you took a step out and you looked at it from a sociologist perspective, the systematic oppression and, uh, you know, the constraints, some self-imposed, some systematic, right, that are put on people that were in your position, it's rare that you see someone break through and sustain, right? Uh, yeah. You sometimes see some flash in the pan and takes a couple of years and then fall off. Right. But to make actual true change is super rare. Right. And so you're, you're almost your own case study, right. In this yeah. uh, transformation uh, that's occurred, right. To help get you where you are today, which I think is really cool to see from an outside perspective. Yeah. Thank you. And, and you're so right. You know, I think that was something that was challenging to overcome in sociology where it's like, oh, I'm a first gen college student, Native American, you know, then became a single mom, like uh, in sociology world, like everything is against me, you know, like it's, it's not likely that I'm going to succeed. And so I think, you know, my company name being NFA, and that's like my whole mantra and people know me that way, you know, it's like, I've always been a little bit rebellious. So (laughs) that helps. (laughs) I'm kind of an outlier in those ways. And the fun thing is that anyone can be, you know, I don't care what your starting point is. It might take you a little bit more to get to the top because, you know, we're not going to pretend that everybody's at the same starting point. That is absolutely not true. Yet everyone can get to the top if you choose to take steps every day and learn and grow and keep going. So, you know, like I always talk to people about decide, commit and take NFA action. And then your success is inevitable over time. You might take a little longer than some people to get there. That's okay, but you'll get there if you just decide and commit and take daily action. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest takeaway for folks, right? Is like anything is possible, right? And uh, you know, old mantra of putting your mind to it, right? It's not not entirely accurate, right? Like there is tough change that needs to happen to do that. Um, Granted, being a well educated white male, me giving that advice is nowhere near as strong, right? As (laughs) you giving the advice. Uh, And so it's great to see, right? To be able to help these people lift and pull out of you know, a place they feel stuck, uh, uh, in their life. So yeah, uh, that's awesome. Really cool with what you're doing. Um, what's the most exciting thing that you're working on today? I love, I, I only do things I enjoy doing now. <laughs> so, you know, I teach people how to live in their zone of genius and create from their zone of genius because it creates magnetism. And so it's like, you know, I'm getting better and better at delegating, which has been 
a process. <laughs> um, and so, you know, as I make drop ad lists, so anytime I put on my drop list, I, I put the things that I don't enjoy doing. And I'm like, when am I going to delegate this as fast as possible? And on the ad list, it's all the things I enjoy doing. And so, you know, that list just gets stacked more and the more in the direction of doing stuff that I enjoy. So, you know, I, I'm building a YouTube channel. I have, I've had a podcast that I'm actually reawakening because I've had a lot of people be like, what, we want your podcast back. <laughs> and like anything that's in the teaching world, like speaking and in being on other people's podcasts, you know, this I've been on over 150 podcasts and I love bringing information to people to help them change their reality because you could hear one idea on the show today that has you spark something that changes your entire rest of your life. And to me, that is what I'm born to do is inspire people. And so it's like, I love any opportunity that I get to do that, you know, writing books, YouTube podcasts. I have an, a course that I just launched to reprogram your money mindset. And so, you know, those, anything that's related to teaching transformational tools to help people feel really good in their lives and love what they're doing and make more money doing it. That's awesome. Uh, what's the best way for the listeners to be able to talk, uh, connect with you, Amanda? Um, if they type in NFA money in Google, they'll find all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I'm, I love Instagram and I'm on there quite a bit. YouTube, I release videos every week. I have a talk show. Um, if they want my NFA money formula, just go to nfamoneyformula.com. And we didn't talk about it here so they can be surprised by what it is. <laughs> NFA money formula, but that's a free, you know, instructional video with a cheat sheet download. And if people implement that on a consistent basis, they'll watch themselves change their brain from the inside out and rewire it for success. And I use it on myself. I use it with all my clients and it works miracles. So go to nfamoneyformula.com and they'll, they'll be able to download that there. Awesome. I really appreciate the time today and uh, the insights you shared. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us today on the Prosperity Perspective. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please head over to theprosperityperspective.com where you can hear from other successful business owners on their approach to investments. On our website, you'll be able to learn more about how DML Capital currently helps other business owners, like yourself, diversify their investments and grow their wealth. Take our short quiz to see if you're ready to take the next steps toward your financial success.